Extra, extra. Read all about it. So what did I miss? Well, I'm going to tell you. Well, I'm not really interested unless Batman's in the story. These are important things that a human being needs to know. Who knows what's real anymore? This is what you missed. I am David C. Guggenheim. And this guy, like you, doesn't read the news. Me, David Wine. I don't read the news. You know it's important, right? So what? Uh, Every week I tell you, you got to start watching the news. It's important. There's a lot of things going on that you should be aware of. What happened this week, according to you? I thought you were going to tell me. I am going to tell you, but I want to see what your week looks like. <laughs> I wanted to know. I want to see a little bit of what the other the other half is seeing or not seeing. Well, I'm getting uh, prepared for Loki, the yeah. Loki series. Well, we were going to talk about that at the end of the show. Oh, well, you asked me now. I, I did. There's my bad. <laughs> the John Lewis voting rights bill. Oh, we're getting right into it. We're getting right into it. You don't want to hear about Loki. We'll get into it later. Okay. That was on the agenda. Strangely enough. The John... Now, you know who John Lewis is, right? John Lewis. Brother of Ted. Ted Lewis. Uh, John Lewis, survivor of Bloody Sunday in Selma, Alabama. Oh, yes. And actually, I, I got to meet him with my daughter uh, before he passed, and that and we got a we got a photo. So that was quite uh, uh, a historic moment for my daughter. I'm like, he's like a civil rights icon, and of course, uh, congressman from I believe uh, Georgia. Yeah, they've named a voting rights bill after John Lewis, and it doesn't look like it's going to pass. Republicans, including Mitch McConnell, are calling it unnecessary. Do you okay. like to vote? Do you vote? I do vote. Do you ever vote but... by mail? No, I have never voted by mail. Yeah, it's becoming increasingly popular, we could say. Especially saying... with the pandemic. Especially with the pandemic, especially with the pandemic. And since the pandemic, the Republicans um, have been passing bill after bill after bill into law in uh, many states, including, including uh, Florida, my, where I reside. Mm-hmm. They almost passed one just as onerous in Texas, but they've averted that for now, for now. But the Democrats, uh, along with Biden, have come up with this John Lewis voting rights bill uh, that uh, Republicans are all against. And it looks like a former co-sponsor of the bill, Democratic senator from West Virginia, Joe Manchin, has come out against it almost Surely dooming the bill to uh, to failure. Oh, that mansion. What is this bill? Tell me about the bill. You're not giving me anything concrete, anything substantial about the bill. The 
first provision in the John Lewis Voting Rights Act broadens cases in which the U.S. Attorney General may send federal observers to jurisdictions the courts have deemed necessary, as well as allow for the courts to block all new election policy in a wide range of circumstances. So they're basically saying for people who want to make it harder for people to vote, which are these laws that are popping up in places like Texas and, and Florida, they're saying you have to have that reviewed by a, a federal body as it was uh, previously before the Supreme Court struck down uh, provisions in the 1965 Voting Rights Act. So we have a chess match happening here with the voters and their rights. One party is for more people voting and one party is for less people voting. It, it, it used to be something where we were all in favor of voting. There used to be, you know, rock the vote. It, it didn't say rock the vote if you were a specific party. It said rock the vote and, and just vote. That was an inherent good. That's where we used to be. News. And good news. Oh, we got some good news. Got some good news. More Oath Keepers have been indicted in the Capitol attack. Possum boy. Possum boy. This is not specifically possum boy, but this from The Guardian. A far-right militia has added four more members to the roster of the insurrectionists. Three of the four were individuals that live in... Can you guess? What state? Florida. Yeah, Florida. <laughs> Joseph Hackett, 51, of Sarasota. Jason Dolan, of 44, of Wellington, which is like a half an hour for me. And William Isaacs, 21, of Kissimmee, which is oh. right where uh, Disney World is. Or Kissimmee, I should say. Well, they can kiss a me ass. The fourth person's name remains a state secret so far. The Oath Keepers, as they're known, are each accused of forcing entry through the Capitol's east rotunda doors after marching up the steps wearing combat uniforms, tactical vests, helmets, and of course their Oath Keepers' insignia. So these obviously must be uh, Antifa. Oath Keepers. This brings the total of 19 Oath Keepers now have all pled not guilty. They're keeping that oath. They're, ke they're keeping that oath. Read all about it. In other news, NBC News is reporting about a certain individual, and I'm going to ask you if you know who, the, who he is. Who is Benjamin Netanyahu? Wasn't he the prime minister of Israel? Israel? He is currently the Prime Minister of Israel. But he's on his way out? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Uh, now, this guy, first of all, he's facing several counts of corruption in, in, uh, in his ruling over the many, many years that he has been Prime Minister in Israel. Fraud and corruption are not two words you want associated with your name. Netanyahu, now get, get this how the parliamentary system works. Netanyahu has lost the last four elections. But still, oh. by the grace of God, he continues to lead Israel. I don't, how's that, uh, that? What's the point of having the election? 
Well, they keep having to have another election. They have an election that's indeterminate. He's the guy that's in there. Nobody is able to build a coalition to get a majority rule so they could replace him with somebody else. And so he just maintains his power. Mm, and that's... it finally looks like that a coalition of leftists and rightists in Israel have, are coming together to knock him off his prime minister status. It's like the Avengers coming together to defeat Thanos. So what did I miss? Here's a question for you. I love questions. Who would win in a fist fight between Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon, Elon Musk, the founder of many things, including Tesla, the car company, the electric car company, or Richard Branson, the virgin billionaire? Well, I need, I need, I know that uh, Elon's a pretty solid guy. Uh, yeah. I think he, he, he's got some musculature and uh, he's a tall fellow. Bezos looks a little, like, a little scrawny. He's and buff. He's, is he, he's is he not buff? scrawny. Okay. Yeah, he, he has like, he's ripped. Like he's using his billions to, to get a personal trainer or something. See, I need to know all their martial art backgrounds uh, before I can make a determination. But I'm going to go with, uh, my gut tells me Elon Musk. Because I think Musk. he'd fight dirty. Well, that's interesting. There is a competition that they're all vying for right now. It's not a fist fight. It's who can be shot into space first. Oh, so who wants to die first is what they're talking about, right? Well, it was announced that <laughs> Jeff Bezos was going to be shot into space. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, scheduled for July 20th. Do you think he ordered a spacesuit on Amazon? <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe. But here's the kicker. Virgin Galactic is now planning to send Richard Branson into a suborbital flight over the July 4th weekend. Oh, so they, they, they're trying to one-up uh, Jeffrey, huh? Yeah, yeah. They're, you're going the 20th, well, we're going the 4th. Somebody, you know, is going to get hurt. This is, we're, not, we're not space travelers just yet, okay? We've, we've gotten lucky a few times going to the moon. But, uh, listen, well, listen, they're all spending billions on this. I mean, I would have thought personally, I would have thought Elon Musk would go first since he's the one that has the deal with NASA and they've been shooting off rockets left and right from, uh, Kennedy space center. Yeah. Um, but Elon's got so many, so many pans in the fire that he probably is just, uh, he's got too much going on with the tanks and the Bitcoin and, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, he has some weird fascination with Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrencies and he's always commenting on it and affecting the price. He's drilling holes in Los Angeles. You know, I mean, he's got all kinds of stuff going on. He's boring holes. In Los boring. Angeles. Yes. Good. Boring. Good. We like the, like those tremor uh, worms. Exactly. Boring. Remember that with, with Kevin Bacon? These are important things. 
If I said the name Naomi Osaka, does that ring a bell? Not in the least bit. But I like that name. It's a beautiful name. Naomi Osaka, yes. Uh, Naomi, this, I love that name. Yeah. This uh, and all these... Uh, all these stories are on our Facebook page, uh, what you missed dot live. Search yes. on Facebook and you you can find all these stories there if you want all of them. To go in depth. Um but yeah, uh from the New York Times, Naomi Osaka, who is a Japanese tennis player. Okay. Uh she's a superstar in the sport. She has recently pulled out of the French Open. She's out of there. She actually won her match. She's the number two ranked women's player in the world. And she didn't attend the the post-match press conference, which is a no-no in tennis. And and she was fined $15,000. Ouch. I'm just here to play tennis. Well, let me just say, this is what she wrote on her Instagram account. I'll, I'll let her speak for herself in her own words. I've often felt that people have no regard for athletes, mental health, and this rings very true whenever I see press conferences or partake in one. Anyways, I hope the considerable amount I am fined will go towards a mental health charity. So she is claiming that it is harming her mental health to have to face the press after winning her match. Now, this is not not after losing a match. This is after winning a match. So the the ripples of this, and she has since forth uh, decided to drop out of the French Open completely. So is she talking about the type of questions that are asked of her? Exactly, exactly. Wow, I'd like to know what kind of questions she's being asked. See, I always felt when, when if I was a professional athlete, I would just clown these, these reporters because they ask, you know, the dumbest questions. And sometimes the players, you know, they do um, respond like that. They're like, really? That's, that's what you're asking? You, got, you went to school yeah. all, that, all that time to, to ask that question? You know, I mean, perhaps she has, you know, some kind of anxiety uh, disorder that may cause her just having all those people up there in front of her, just asking one question after another may just make her very anxious. I could see that. Yeah. And and that's basically what she's claiming. Yeah. And it's interesting. Can you not be a professional athlete in this day and age if you have a... um, you know, a challenge, a, a, a situation where you have tremendous anxiety and, and don't want to meet the press. Well, I think you can, but you can't react like she did by saying that, you know, it's, it's the reporters, um, you know, the, the way they're asking the questions and the questions they're asking, they're being bullies and stuff like that. I mean, if, if other rep- athletes feel that way then maybe there's something to that but if if it's just her dealing with some sort of anxiety disorder 
then she needs to just say that. Look, I got, it just it just makes me too anxious to sit up here in front of all these reporters and ask questions. Is there some way around this? Well, you'd think that uh, big big tennis would have been able to figure out a better way to handle it than just slapping her with this huge fine. Yeah, I don't think it doesn't sound like anybody's working. They're not working together on this. I'm sure she doesn't want to um, be fined and and disrespect the the tennis community. But obviously going up there and sitting in front of those reporters is much more daunting than being fined $15,000 and disrespecting the the tennis uh the tennis match the tennis world yeah yeah so yeah, very, very interesting i i think this one i i mentioned this just to get the name uh, naomi Osaka out there yeah and i think that there is a real reckoning between the press and people's mental well-being and just because the press need to get a headline and i i understand that they're under a tremendous amount of pressure to if they get one question with the number two seated uh number two ranked women's player in the world you want to get uh, some news out of it and mm-hmm. and that could be you know challenging to answer and just because you're good at tennis doesn't mean you're good at answering gotcha questions Right. Most athletes give very uninteresting interviews. If you, if you really think about it, there's only a few guys that can really make an interview interesting. And, and a lot of them are are kind of off their rocker, you know? Yeah. (laughs) What else you got? Another top story from the times this time coming from the Texas Senate. Yeah. Which has passed one of the nation's strictest voting bills. Do you see a theme for today's show? Yeah. <laughs> now this one, this one, I could get more into specifics of what they're trying to do in Texas, and and this is what uh, the John Lewis bill is trying to prevent. It, this Republican-led bill, which would toughen already stringent voting rules in Texas, is likely to pass the state house and governor greg abbott is expected to sign it now this bill would make it make mail-in voting more difficult so more likely that you're not on the voting rolls when you think you're on the voting rolls it also prohibits after hours or drive-through options so for people who don't want to be physically there uh makes it harder for them this is texas of course looking to join the restricted uh, vote vote club of Florida and Georgia. And these states, of course, are citing Donald Trump's lies about fraud um, as evidence. They're actually presenting his blatant lies as evidence to pass these laws. I mean, I think that's all the, uh, the evidence you need to know that there isn't uh, uh, too much worthwhile in these bills. Well, I think these bills are going to come back to bite them in the ass because it's going to affect their their voters. Because their voters, if they're believing this nonsense, are idiots and they're not going to be able to figure out how to vote <laughs> around well, all these I, I think, parameters. I think that there is a culture of voting no matter what 
in Republican circles. While Democrats are more likely to need the get out the vote encouragement and are more likely to be discouraged, especially when encountering negative. I mean, and this is all, they've, they've done studies on this. People who tend to be Democrats are more likely to be sickened by negative campaigns and so sickened that they won't vote. And so Republicans know this, they go negative, and then Democrats respond by going negative, which alienates their own voters. The, and, and the Republican voters who are more stalwart, more um, likely to vote every time, are there getting their minority vote out, but being, you know, the ma- majority of people who, who vote. So, you know, and, and again, in places like Texas, Georgia, and Florida, the margins are razor thin. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Georgia is now a purple state. It used to be a solid red state. Now it has two Democratic senators, you know, from this last election. Florida used to be a, a, a purple state. It's, it's pretty much a red state now, but it's still teetering, you know, 51-49 type of, type of situation. So it's still very close. Mm-hmm. And Texas, with a tremendous influx of uh, Latino, Latinx voters coming to the fore, there's a, just a demographic shift that's happening in Texas that is leading uh, many to believe that the future of Texas looks blue. But, well, you know, I, I, I for one, am, am turned off by those negative uh, campaigns. Uh, it doesn't, doesn't deter me from voting, but uh, I would much rather hear what, what the candidates are going to do rather than what the other candidate is, you know, not capable of or uh, what kind of chicanery they got into at one point. Bonus. Um, Barack Obama has warned that Republicans will kill U.S. democracy in, quote, a series of steps. This from The Guardian. Former president has warned in a CNN interview that the path towards an undemocratic America will come in a series of steps. And that's the thing that I'm talking about. That it's, it's the voting rights bill here. It's the disenfranchisement there. All these sorts of things are going to add up. Uh, uh, you know, at some point, if we don't have, if there's 40% of the country that doesn't believe in election results, that can't trust in election results, then that's going to lead to, to violence, to an erosion of democracy. Because you, you can't, you know, that's like a third world country. Yeah. And if it were based in something, if there was a real actual problem, well, that, that would be an issue and you'd have to address it. But there is no problem. The problem, and again, they, they've done this, they looked at, at statistics, it's the more of these voting restrictions you put on, the less Democratic voters have access to the polls. Well, it seems to me there's one party 
that wants to go into the future and there's one party that wants to go to the past. Well, if you if you're talking about like like the '60s and Jim Crow laws and um, uh, you know poll taxes and things of that nature, uh, which again were you know trumped up ways, pardon the pun, to exclude people from voting because they aren't going to be voting for your candidate. You know, it's and it's the same states. It's the South. Mm -hmm. It's the South. We're going to see more of these laws popping up throughout the South. And it's really dangerous. And for me, it's not like the Democrats are so great. But we have one party that's for democracy and one party that for eroding democracy. Because it's not working out for them. Because it's not working out for them. If you have not yet subscribed to this podcast, we ask you to do that. Please, por favor. And, and share it with your friends. If, if you know other folks who might not be keeping up with the news from day to day, uh, we're your weekly choice to go to, to to find out what everybody else has been talking about. Sharing is caring. And you've been talking about Loki, right? Like Loki. This, this, is, this show, now this is what, a, a Marvel show? It's the new Marvel series coming out. I'm telling you, man, this is just the, uh, this is, this is it. We're, we're, we're about to launch into a Marvel extravaganza. Have you gone to the Marvel land at Disneyland? Because that just opened up. No, I haven't been to that. I'm sure that's probably nuts right now. Try to, with, you know, the pandemic is over. Yeah, so I'm not trying to go to Disneyland at this point. Even if You're it's vaccinated. Limited. Yeah. You like Spider-Man. Who, who likes Spider-Man more than you? Uh, well, there's there are probably a few people out there that like that, that Spider-Man movie. Jesus, they got what? They have. Uh, I don't know if you heard the announcement, but there's like forty-seven thousand actors gonna be in here from all the different Spider-Man movies. I think they got all three Spider-Man. Sounds like a name. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Uh, they got the guy who played Doc Ock in the Tobey Maguire. He's gonna be in it. Jamie Alfred Fox. Molina. Yeah, Jamie Foxx bringing back that horrible Electro character. He did. Yeah. This has been a production of SomeoneTalkedMedia.com.